out there. All right. Thank you. Katie, I was wondering why I didn't get a proof of the bulletin this week. <laughs> now I know. I'll ask next year. <laughs> um, I am 39 today. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you for that. And um, uh, it's, a, it's good to be with you. It's good to have the privilege uh, all these years later to um, be opening God's Word with God's people. Uh, I came to Christ as a little boy and uh, never dreamed that I would stand in the pulpit and, uh, and be a pastor and, and share God's Word with His people. And uh, it's a real privilege to get to do that. Uh, I want to ask you a question. Last week... I ask you to make a commitment to learn a method of sharing the gospel. How many of you made that commitment? How many of you made that commitment? Okay. <laughs> Two honest people in the whole room. All right. <laughs> All right. Now, um, let me ask you a question. What is the gospel? Jesus Christ died for our sins and was raised from the dead. Now, say it with me again. Jesus Christ died for our sins and was raised from the dead. So no one should be confused on what the gospel is, right? So, if we're going to do the bad news, good news approach, how are we going to do that? We're going to start out with point number one, the bad news. What's the bad news? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What's the verse for that? 323. We're almost 323. Our Awana kids can do this. You can do this. Okay, Romans 3.23. And what's the illustration for falling short? Throwing rocks. All right, good, you remember. All right, now, what's the worst news? Sin is The wages of sin is death. What's the verse for that? Romans 6.23. What is the illustration? Wages. All right, very good. That what you earn because you're a sinner is death. Separation from God in hell. That is the worst possible news you can share with someone. And at that point, they'll be suitably depressed if they're under conviction of the Spirit, and you'll be able to, since you've gotten them lost, to point them in the direction of salvation. What's the good news? Jesus Christ raised from the dead. Right. Very good. That's the good news. That's the gospel. What's the verse? Romans 5.8. What's the illustration? Cancer. That if I were to dying of, if you were dying of cancer and I were to come to you and say, I'm going to take your cancer and put it in my body, what would happen to me? I would die. And what would happen to you? You would live. And what Jesus Christ has done is come, and when his death on the cross, he has taken away that which was putting us to death and given us eternal life answer okay what's the best news you can be saved through faith in jesus christ what's the verse for that ephesians 2 8 and 9 for by grace you have been saved through faith and this not from yourselves it is the gift of god not by works so that no one can boast and then you explain what it means by grace what it means by faith Put your trust in Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross for your sins and was raised from the dead. 
Not Jesus plus your works. Not Jesus plus being good. You know, not Jesus plus giving money. Not Jesus plus being in Boy Scouts. Not Jesus plus anything. But Jesus Christ and Him alone. What is the illustration for that? Share. All right. So you're ready to share the gospel. You're fully trained. You can do this. All right. So today we're going to talk about, this is one of the most important messages of this series, about overcoming fear with boldness. Because here's the deal. The reason that most people do not share the gospel, and 95% of people have shared the gospel with zero people, the reason most people do not share the gospel is because they are afraid. They're afraid maybe of stumbling over their words or of losing their relationship with the person or of having questions come up that they can't answer or of saying the wrong thing or being thought a hypocrite or intolerant or judgmental or whatever. But whatever the reason, fear often rules over us such that we miss an opportunity to share the gospel when God opens one up. And instead, what I want to do is encourage us and exhort us to seize those opportunities. And so today, what we're going to do is we're going to, take, we're going to seize our fear head on and wrestle it to the ground and conquer it. Okay? And before we get started, what we need to do is we need to remember a few basic things about fear in evangelism. Number one, fear is normal. Fear is normal. Over and over and over in his letters, Paul says, pray for me that I would be bold. If you need prayer to be bold, then what are you? You're afraid. Fear is normal. Fear is normal. But because of that, you need to remember a second thing. This is what the Apostle John wrote, John, 1 John 4, 4. He says, greater is he who is in you holy spirit than he who is in the world you have god's power within you and so you are able to conquer your fear as you look to him and obey in spite of it because remember there is nothing that the devil would love more than for us to remain defensive and silent about our faith in christ because when we are silent and defensive about the gospel then guess what happens the rest of the world doesn't hear. And they remain in captivity to sin and death and are destined for hell, just like he is. And the third thing is, the outcome of your evangelism is up to God. Outcome of your evangelism is up to God. What's your job? To take Christ to the lost. What's God's job? To bring the lost Christ. The outcome of your evangelism is not up to you. The results are up to God. Faithfulness is what is up to you. And I want to help you, encourage you, prod you, exhort you to be faithful in sharing the gospel. So I want to clear up, in addition to that, four misconceptions. These are the urban legends, if you will, of the Christian life and sharing the gospel. Four of them, real quickly. Number one, you have to be able to defend what you believe. And a lot of folks think that. They have to believe, they, they, th they think that 
well, I have to be like Ravi Zacharias or Josh McDowell or, or Norm Geisler, you know, and I, I need to have, you know, this logical, well-reasoned paragraph, you know, to answer every question and solve every difficulty and smooth everything out for everybody. But here's the deal. The, the Bible never tells us that our job is to defend the gospel. It says our job is to declare the gospel to those who need to hear it. And that's not to say there's no value in having good biblical answers to tough questions. In fact, if you're sitting here today as a person who has some questions about believing in Christ and what that would mean and how that fits and how that uh, sorts itself out, I'd love to talk to you. I'd be happy to sit down with you and answer any question at length as long as it takes. But here's the deal. Those who are effective in evangelism are not effective because of what they know, but whom they know. And how much they want others to know him too. Second misconception is that if you're afraid, then you don't love Jesus. If you're afraid, then you don't love Jesus. And that is simply not true. I will tell you absolutely, this is a true statement. Evangelism scares everybody. Paul was a man who was regularly persecuted, imprisoned, beat up, uh, stoned and left for dead all over the Roman Empire. And yet, in every one of his letters, he says, pray for me that I would be bold in sharing the gospel. If Paul needed prayer, so do you and me. Amen? I mean, I, no one has ever thrown a rock at me for sharing the gospel with them. It never happened. Okay? Uh, yet every place Paul went, they had a riot, darn near. I mean, there were a few places, you know, Berea, they didn't throw rocks at him. But in Thessalonica, they did. In Athens, they did. Lots of places that he went, they're like, get rid of this guy. And Paul needed boldness. And if he needed boldness, I mean, you're, you're a fairly hard-headed dude. If, uh, well, you got stoned uh, nearly to death. In uh, this town, uh, well, what are we going to do tomorrow, Paul? Tomorrow, we're going to do what we always do. We're going to get up and share the gospel in the next place. Okay. <laughs> uh, he's either a real slow learner or he's somebody who's devoted to Jesus, one or the other. And I think I know which one. A third misconception is that you shouldn't evangelize until your life is all it should be. And this one is tricky because... It is true that we can undermine our testimony of the gospel with our life. And we ought to be holy. Amen? And there ought to be a consistency between the truth we profess and the truth we proclaim. If we say we believe in Jesus and that we are following Jesus, then our life ought to be a reflection of that fact. But let me also say this. If you wait until you think that your life is everything it should be, before you share the gospel, you will still be waiting to share the gospel when Jesus returns or you die, whichever comes first. Because the reality of it is, is that we are not going to see perfection and holiness on this side of glory. And so you should strive for holiness by all means. But in the meantime, share the message that is in the process of transforming your life. And be willing to share that God saves sinners like you. 
last misconception is that God is disappointed in me because I have not led many to Christ. And a lot of people are afraid because they get trapped in this feeling that God is somehow sitting in heaven and he looks down at you or at me and he has kind of a frown on his face and, well, you haven't lived up to my standards so far and they just get, get crushed down by that. Let me share with you something really important. Do you know how many people Billy Graham brought to Christ? Zero. Do you know how many people the Apostle Paul brought to Christ? Zero. Do you know how many people Pastor Joe brought to Christ? Zero. You know why? Because that's not our job. God's job is to bring the is to bring people to Christ. Our job is to bring the gospel to people, to carry Christ to the lost, not to bring the lost to Christ. So if if you share the gospel and the person doesn't automatically believe, guess who's responsible for that? Not you, God. God is the author of salvation. It is God who imparts life to people, who changes them from sinners into saints. And that is our responsibility, is to carry the gospel to people and to leave the results up to the Lord and to be faithful in sharing it. Now, with that in mind, I want to look at three principles from Paul's life for overcoming fear with boldness because we don't base what we're doing on what I think is a good idea, and thank God. We base what we're doing on the inspired words of Scripture. It's not that I've never had a good idea, but none of mine are in the Bible. Okay? And God speaks to us through his word, which is in these pages. Okay? Uh, we're going to look at First um, Thessalonians chapter 2, and we're going to look down through verses 1 to 10. Let's read the scriptures together. For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain. But though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. For our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak. Not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with the pretext for greed, God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands of you as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, not like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you have become very dear to us. For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil, we work night and day. We might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also, how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you, believers. First principle that I want you to see is that you know God's message. You know God's message. You all just said it. What's the gospel? Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and was raised from the dead. You know the message. That's it. That's the message. You know God's message. 
Paul says, look, our message doesn't come, our appeal doesn't spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive. In fact, Paul and his compatriots are bringing the gospel at great personal cost. Anybody remember what happened in Philippi? Huh? They got, he and Silas got arrested, then they got beaten, then they got imprisoned, and then God does a divine jailbreak, and all the stocks fall off, and the doors of the prison fall open, and the jailer's ready to kill himself, and Paul says, don't harm yourself. I'd have been like, carry on. (laughs) Okay, this is a guy who's responsible for beating me and imprisoning me. Yeah, go ahead, stick that sword in a little harder. You know, uh, Paul saves the guy's life, and then he shares the message with him that saves the guy's life. Paul was concerned even for his jailer to come to know faith in Christ. And after that, he gets run out of Philippi, and he goes to the next town, which happens to be Thessalonica, and it's even better. When he gets there, they have a riot, <laughs> and they're going to lynch Paul in Thessalonica, and he has to get out of town. All the people there who are believers in Christ, come on, Paul, we've got to sneak you out here in the dark. If anybody had a reason to be afraid preached the gospel, Paul did, and yet he keeps preaching. Why? Because he's in possession of the gospel message, and that gave him, according to verse 2, boldness in our God. Gave him boldness. You know, I I don't know if you watch a lot of late-night TV. It's not recommended, but, you know, they always have some dude on there on late night TV, and I got to be careful with this because I have a credit card, and I watch some of these things every now and then when I can't sleep, you know. And I remember watching an ad for the Ronco rotisserie oven about two in the morning, and I'm thinking, I need a Ronco rotisserie oven. <laughs> okay, um, I probably shouldn't tell you all that. Karen will take away my credit card. Um, we did not buy one. I thought, no, I need to go to bed. <laughs> um, no one needs a Ronco rotisserie oven. If you get one, you can't clean it, from what I understand. But that guy that was on there, I mean, he could sell you anything. He could sell, he could sell uh, ice cream to Eskimos, you know. I mean, he is enthusiastic, right? Or the ShamWow guy, you know. You watch him, and he is something else, right? He believes in the ShamWow. I mean, he believes, he has boldness to tell you how great the ShamWow is and how it will clean up pet urine out of your carpet. I mean, it's fantastic, right? Here, that's going to stink, that's going to smell. Here, watch this, and all the liquid goes up into the ShamWow, and you're like, wow, it really is great, you know? And Paul says, look, we have the message of the gospel. We have the message that brings dead people back to life, that brings dead people who are rebels against God into the very family of God. Therefore, we have boldness from God because we have the message. We have God's message. And if the ShamWow is great, and I don't have one either, 
Um, I got to shut that stuff off Uh, because I want one. Um, But if the message is grace, all right, I will take you up on that. Okay, I will take you up on that. Sold. (laughs) Okay. If the message is great, you have boldness to share it, right? And if, and if you really believe in the gospel, then you have boldness from God no matter what happens. You know, Paul was one of these guys that you could not shut him up, okay? You could not shut the man up. You're going to throw rocks at him until he dies, You know, he may have actually died. That may have been the incident where he went up to the third heaven, he describes in 2 Corinthians. And then the apostles go out and pray over him. Well, we should pray over him. And he gets up. What's he do? Goes back to town. I got to preach the gospel some more. Why? Because the gospel is the message that transforms people's lives. We have power. And the gospel to transform people's lives as they are filled with the spirit who makes the message understood to them and converts them and brings them into God's family. We have God's message. So we don't have to be afraid. You know, I love Paul's attitude. You know, they put me in jail. I'll share with the jailer. They chain me up to the Praetorian Guard. I'll preach to them so that the entire Praetorian Guard in Caesar's house hears about the gospel and why I'm here. I got a captive audience. It's great. Turned out for my advantage. I got a guy who can't get away. <laughs> he has God's message. And you have God's message too. Second thing that you have is that you are God's messenger. Paul says, we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. In the same way, all of us who believe the gospel have received God's approval to share it with others. The Great Commission is a calling not just to the apostles or to the super spiritual in the church, not just to your pastor, not just to the elders, not just to the deacons. The Great Commission is a calling to all who believe in Jesus Christ. Remember what it says? It says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey what? Everything I have commanded you, which includes what? This command. That all of us are to go and to share. Because we are appointed and approved as God's message. And in addition to being an approved steward of God's message, you're an approved steward. Not just an approved steward. You're an approved steward of God's message. You have been entrusted with it. So therefore, you have a responsibility for it to bring glory to the one who saved you through it. Amen? If you have been entrusted with the gospel, then you have a responsibility to use it to bring glory to the one who saved you with it. And you do that by partnering with God in populating heaven by sharing with others about Jesus Christ who died on the cross for our sins and was raised from the dead. 
And when we do that, Paul says we please God. Now, we may not please men. Some of them may be mad at us. There may come a day when people pick up rocks and throw them at us. Happened to John Wesley. In fact, one time, I, I think this is a great story about John Wesley and his zeal to share the gospel. He was disappointed one day. He was praying because he was so hated in his day among all his countrymen for the fact that he shared the gospel with people and no one wanted to hear it. And it had been three days since anyone had thrown a rock at him for sharing the gospel. And so he said, Lord, I don't know what's happened. You know, are you, my, is your favor not on me anymore because no one hates me anymore? And as he rode along praying, one of the guys he passed picked up a rock and threw it at him. John Wesley praised God and went, praise God, your favor is back on me. Amen. The day may come. We may not always please men, but we do what we do to please God. And if we have a choice, I just as soon make God happy versus make my friends happy, my family happy, my co-workers happy, my boss happy. I want to please God. Because ultimately, as we, as we saw in Second Peter this morning, the earth and all of its stuff is going to be burned up and consumed. And all that's going to last is the word of God in the souls of, of men and women. And so ultimately what we do that pleases God is really going to matter. And you and I are God's messengers. And finally, as someone who possesses God's message and is God's messenger, you have God's motive. Look at the text here with me. Paul writes this. He says, look. We never came with flattery or as a pretext for greed. This is, verse, uh, this is down in verse 5. We never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed, God is witness, nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands. Instead, we were gentle, like a nursing mother taking care of her children. Paul says, look, my motives in sharing the gospel were were pure. I had God's heart in sharing Christ with people. He lists, in fact, three things that didn't motivate him and one thing that did. He says, first of all, look, I'm not motivated by flattery. I'm not speaking to elevate myself or to convince people using nice-sounding words uh, so that I can feel really prideful about it. And I'm not motivated by greed either. In fact, continued to work. I have a job. And I didn't even make any demands on the people once I had a church. I'm not motivated by greed. I'm not trying to make converts to fatten my own wallet. And on top of that, he says, I wasn't motivated by glory. I wasn't hoping to be well regarded and recognized and famous. He says, instead, what I was motivated by was my love for you. Over and over, he speaks of his motivation. He says, you, 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 you. We were gentle among you like a nursing mother. We were affectionately desirous of you. We shared with you our own selves because you had become very dear to us. 
if you want to overcome fear, consider, as Paul did, your love for the people. What would keep a guy going after throwing rocks strikes you down in the road? What would keep you going after you have had the flesh whipped off of your back and thrown in a dank dungeon? What would keep you getting up in the morning and going, you know, i got to do this some more? I mean, I don't like to go to tears two days in a row. <laughs> you know? <laughs> i got to space that out a little bit. You know? What would keep him going? Love and concern for these people. Knowing that apart from the gospel, these people are lost. These people are going to be spending eternity separated from God in hell. And if I love them, and I do, then no cost is too great, no burden too heavy, no price not worth paying. We are God's messengers with God's message, and we are motivated with God's motive. It's out of love for people that Jesus was sent into the world. It's out of love that God sends you into the world for people. You love them. And here's what I know to be true. A person who has believed the gospel and who has received eternal life as a result has God's motive for other people. You can't help it. You can't help it. Because love for your neighbors and your friends and your family and your co-workers compels us to want to see them come to faith in Jesus Christ. Look, here's, here's what it boils down to. You know God's message. You are God's messenger and you have his motive. You don't need to wait until your life is all it should be. You don't need to defend the faith. You don't need to, to wait until you love Jesus so much that you're not afraid anymore. You don't need to fear God's disappointment if you fail to lead a lot of people to faith in Christ. What you do need to do is to be strong and courageous. Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. The three times God tells Joshua, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. I'll be with you. Be strong and courageous. I'll be with you. Be strong and courageous. That's my encouragement to you this morning. You have God's message. You have it. There's not a person in here who does not know what the gospel is. By the way, if we ask you in a membership interview to tell us what is the gospel, no one should be clueless as to what that <laughs> the answer to that is. Okay, If I say, what do you believe about Jesus? You should say, Jesus Christ died for our sins and was raised from the dead. That is the basis of entry into the family of God. That is the gospel. You know that message. Many of you have known it since you were knee-high to a basketball. And God has appointed you his messenger. And out of love for your brothers, your sisters, your mom, your dad, your cousins, aunts, your uncles, your grandma, grandpa, co-workers, your boss, your neighbors, 
carry the message. Be strong and courageous. Trust in the Lord who is going with you to do this. Amen? Your job is to take Christ to the lost. God's job is to bring the lost to Christ. But we have a calling to take the lost and to take Christ to the lost, to carry the gospel. And you've been appointed a steward and given a responsibility. And on top of that, it's not just a responsibility, it's a great joy. If you ever share the gospel with somebody, there's, there's two results that will happen. One, the person will come to Christ because you were the exact person that God was using to share the message at that appointed time that he was going to use your words in their heart through the Holy Spirit's power to bring that person to Christ. Or that person will reject the gospel and not believe. And you know what you will feel then? I was faithful. I was obedient. I did the right thing in the face of opposition. But either way, you will have discharged your responsibility before God and you will be filled with joy at having done so. Be strong and courageous. Let's pray. God, our Heavenly Father, I pray that we would never give in to fear. That we would never let fear reign over us because, Father, you are sovereign, you are Lord, you are God. And you have sent Jesus Christ into the world to die on the cross for our sins and to be raised from the dead and to be our Savior. And Father, the fact that we have such great salvation ought to make us bold. And Father, I pray that we would overcome fear with spirit-inspired, empowered boldness. That we would not let anything hinder us from discharging our responsibility as stewards of the gospel into a lost world that desperately needs to hear it. And Father, I pray that we would as a church be strong and courageous because not only have you commanded us, but you go with us into the fight. And Father, we pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ and by the power of your Holy Spirit and all God's people said, Amen.